we're starting a new sermon series this morning, and I am super excited. It's going to take us for the next five weeks. And uh, let me tell you where, uh, let, me, let me start it out for you. Uh, let me tell you about me in elementary school. I was a voracious reader in elementary school. I loved to read, and my favorite books to read were the Hardy Boys. Okay, any Hardy Boys people in the room, okay? So I, I, I loved Hardy Boys so much that I read every single book that was out, and then I would like... Uh, and this was pre-internet, you know, so I, you couldn't just look up when the new book was coming. So we would go to the library all the time, and we would ask the librarian person, like, hey, when's the new Hardy Boy book going to get dropped, you know, because I want it. And then they would sort of look and try to find a date, and then I would be at the library that day, ready for the Hardy Boys book. And, uh, and so, I, you know, I read them all, and then pretty soon they started getting kind of spit out, like, not as frequently. And so I was sort of left with, like, what do I do? And then I realized that they also had some Nancy Drew Hardy Hardy Boy crossover books. And so I started reading those, and I read all of those, and I ran out of those. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to read Nancy Drew. Do I have any Nancy Drew people? All right. So I started reading Nancy Drew. But this is when I got into middle school. I get into middle school, and I dare not take my Nancy Drew book to middle school. No right? I was so insecure. And, you know, if, if somebody asked, you know, like, like, so what are you reading? I'd be like, oh, Iron Man comic books. You know, I'd like come up with something. But really, I'm just at home reading my Nancy Drew, all right? But I was so insecure because in middle school, you, you really, you know, all of us have felt this. You want to be, you, you don't want to stand out usually. You want to sort of fit in. You want to be sort of, uh, you want to be normal in middle school. So I just did my best to try to not stand out and not be weird because nobody wants to be weird in middle school, correct? Nobody. Everybody wants to sort of fit in and be normal. And, uh, and then high school, it was the same for me. Like I just sort of fit in and I tried to find a place um, where I could fit in and be normal. Um, and then in high school, here's what I discovered is high school is when I, I for the first time really in my life on my, on my own, I picked up a Bible. I picked up a Bible. And I noticed that when I sort of took it seriously and started reading that that uh, Jesus says a lot of weird things. Jesus says a lot of really weird things. And I noticed that Jesus, in, in the scriptures, he's inviting us to sort of live a weird, a weird kind of life. And that was new for me because, you know, I thought, no, you need to be normal. You need to fit in. You don't want to be weird. Nobody wants to be weird. Weird gets you a wedgie, right? Don't be weird. <laughs> you need you be, be normal. But the scripture, the scripture is... I realize it's, it's drawing me into this sort of new, li- new kind of life that the rest of the people around me are going to probably consider me to be a little, a little weird, a little weird. Does, does anybody here know somebody or maybe you would consider yourself kind of weird in a, in a good way? Okay. You, maybe you know somebody who's sort of weird in a good way. And I mean that, uh, no pointing, come on. Uh, you know, you know somebody that's, no, I mean in a good way, right? They're just, they're just like a different and unique and you love that. Does anybody know anybody that's weird in a bad way? I'm just kidding. Don't, don't point. Don't point. We all know somebody who's kind of weird in a bad way. But, uh, but you know, we love the kind of people who are weird in, weird in a good way, weird in sort of a, uh, weird in a, in a unique way. I think one of the reasons why a lot of people don't follow Jesus with their lives or a lot of people sort of push Christianity away and push the scriptures away and push Jesus away is because we have this idea that if I become a Christian, um, then I'm going to, then I'm going to have to, he's going to turn me weird. He's going to make me really strange, and then everybody's going to look at me and laugh at me. He's going to turn me into a bad kind of a weird. In fact, I think sometimes people get this picture in their head of, like, the weirdest Christian that they know. 
you know, the weirdest Christian that they've ever met. And you picture yourself like, if I'm going to become a Christian, then I'm going to have to become that. And I don't want to be, I don't want to be a bad kind of a weird. And so we sort of push the whole weirdness thing off and we just try to fit in and be normal and like everybody else. But the essence of Christianity is weird. Christianity is weird. It invites us into a, a weird kind of living, a weird kind of existence. And here comes Jesus. Here comes Jesus. And Jesus steps onto the scene. And Jesus says all sorts of weird stuff. See, normal says, normal says, if you want, if you, you know, if you want to sort of be significant, then you need to get to the top. You need to get to the top. But Jesus comes and says, if you, if you want to have authority, then that means you put yourself under, you serve. Normal says, normal says, I need to like take, take, take. I need to get more, more, more. And Jesus comes and he says, and he says, no, no, no. It's better to give than to receive. It's way better. Normal says, normal says that, uh, you know, I just need to, uh, I just need to go from, to go from relationship to relationship to relationship to try to find my significance because I just need somebody to tell me that they love me and then I'll find my love somewhere. And Jesus comes and he says, no, 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 no. The, where, the, way, the place that you find your significance is not from going from, from person to person to person, but it's looking to me for your significance, that I'm going to give it to you because I'm the God who's adopted you. Normal says, it's all about me, it's all about me, it's all about me. Jesus comes and he says, if you want to be first, then be last. Normal says, glorify me, glorify me, what do I need? And Jesus comes and he says, no, 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 glorify the Father, glorify the Father. Because when he gets glory, we get joy. That's how it works. Every, Jesus comes and he says all these weird, strange things, and he invites us into sort of a weird, weird kind of a life. Um, and here's what I want you to, uh, to, kind of the big idea from this morning and sort of for the sermon series, we're going to be looking at relationships. We're going to be looking at relationships. We're going to be looking at marriage. We're going to be looking at singleness. We're going to look at sex. We're going to look at dating. We're going to look at all sort of those things in these next five weeks. And what I want you to understand and what I want to convince you of is this, is weird is better. Weird is better. Weird is better. Let me take you to this passage of scripture. Um, this is from Matthew chapter 7. Here's the context. Is Jesus is giving this really famous sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. Famous sermon. And these people are all there and everybody's listening to Jesus. And these, are, these words from Jesus, this Sermon on the Mount, has been retold and retold and retold. The wisdom is unparalleled. And what Jesus says in, this, in the middle of this sermon, here's what he says. He says, Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, he says, enter by the narrow gate. He says, enter by the narrow gate, which we would say, oh, that seems a little bit narrow-minded. Is that kind of narrow, Jesus? And Jesus says, no, 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 that's, no, it's not narrow. Because listen to what he says. He says, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. He says, enter by the narrow gate. Why? Because the wide gate, there's a lot of people that are going through that gate, and there's a lot of people there because it's easier. And on the wide gate, you know, sort of in the, there's just a lot of people, and it's easy to feel like you're sort of like doing the right thing because everybody else is doing what you're doing. And you're like, hey, we're normal, right? Like, oh, yeah, we're totally normal. Like, things are good. And so you feel, like, you feel like, oh, we're doing the right thing because there's a lot of people there. But Jesus says, listen, it doesn't matter. There might be a lot of people sort of doing the same thing together. But in the end, it could lead to destruction. Now, notice he doesn't say it'll lead to hell, okay? Jesus says it's going to lead to 
destruction, which maybe Jesus was alluding to, to this sort of idea of hell, but he's saying that many, there's a lot of people on the road, it's easy, but even though there's a lot of people there, even there, even though everybody feels normal, that those ways can lead to destruction, decomposition, breakdown. Because how many of us know this? Listen, normal, if we look at our culture, normal isn't working very well. When we look at relationships and we look at what's sort of normal in our world, when we look at what's normal with finances, when we look at what's normal, just sort of when we look around, normal isn't working very well. Normal when it comes to finances is stressed out, debt upon debt upon debt, living to paycheck to paycheck to paycheck. That's, that's, that's normal. How is that, how is that working for us? Normal with relationships is, is relationship to relationship to relationship. This person didn't satisfy my needs. This person didn't satisfy my needs. This person didn't satisfy my needs. And so you go through six or seven or eight or ten different sort of iterations of that same story. And you find yourself and you're just as lonely, lonely as you ever were at the beginning. That's, that's normal. That's normal in our culture. Normal in our culture for men is to find their masculinity in power and wealth and success and muscles and conquering women. What's normal in our culture for women is trying to find your identity and, and success and a lot of those same things that men find their success in. But for many women, the, an easy place to try to find their identity is through the love and affection of a, of a man in their life. And go from relationship to relationship to relationship just leaving us tired, just leaving us empty. That's what's normal. Normal in our, in our culture is men who can't connect with their emotions very well. And so easy routes to feeling, feeling good about themselves is pornography, another relationship, an illicit affair, trying to find my, my place, trying to find you know, my significance in all these other places. That's normal. That's normal in our culture. Normal isn't working. Normal in our culture is I'm going to consume, I'm going to consume, I'm going to consume. Normal in our culture is not being able to uh, be grateful for what I do have because I'm always focused on what I don't have. How many of you would agree with me that normal isn't working? That sort of normal just leads to, leads to destruction. It leads to breakdown. And so Jesus goes on. He says, hey, if you want to take the easy route, if you want to do what like most people are doing, then sure, be normal. But that way, it's, it's not going to work. It's not working. We know it. We've experienced it. And so he goes on. He says this. A lot of people go that way. For the gate is narrow, he says, and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. The thing about walking that path is it's awkward. You feel a little weird. <laughs> because when you're on the normal path and you decide, you know what, this isn't working. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my relationships differently. We're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to do what God says that I should do over here. Then everybody looks at you and you're like, man, they're so weird. Look at that weirdo over there, like doing things differently. Come on, be with us. But the... But the Narrow path, Jesus says, the path that less people are on, that this is the way that actually leads to life. It leads to joy. It leads to just better relationships. If, if, um, if you're taking notes, then take this down. If you want what normal people have, do what normal people do. But if you want what few people have, do what few people do. 
If you want sort of like a normal marriage in our culture, what our marriage or what our culture sort of traditionally thinks of as marriage, then probably you should just do what other normal marriages do. But if you want, if you want like a like a like an intimate marriage, like a fun marriage. I mean, if you want a marriage that's got that's got its challenges, but it leads to deeper intimacy, then don't do what normal marriages do. Then you need to do what few marriages do. You need to leave the broad path and you need to sort of travel down the narrow path. If you want, if you want what, sort of like what normal singles, for all of the singles in the room, if you want what normal singles are, are experience, then, then, then do what normal singles do. But if you want a singleness where there's actually, there's actually like joy there and there's fulfillment there and you're, God's, God's like kind of meeting you there right in your singleness, then don't do what normal singles do. Then you're going to have to leave the wide path, and you're going to have to go to the narrow path, and you're going to have to do what few singles do. This is what the gospel leads us to. It leads us to a very weird kind of a life, a very strange kind of a life, a life that walks the narrow path and not the wide path. So for these next few weeks, I want you just to journey with me. I want you to journey with me. We're going to look at relationships. And I've talked a bunch about relationships in the past. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. And I was struggling really hard as I've been preparing and planning for this that uh, I've been struggling because I want to just kind of bring you all sorts of like new stuff, you know, like new, like new things and things I've never told you before. And I really struggled because, you know what, a lot of the information that I've shared in the past is information that we all need to hear again. Amen? We just need to hear a lot of the same things over and over again because we forget very easily. And so I'm going to bring a lot of the things that I've shared with you before uh, but um, just for the, the last of my time today, just as we set up this, this sermon series, here's a, a couple things. I want to tell you where normal tends to be when it comes to relationships in our world right now. Okay, what's normal in relationships? Here's, here's, here's one. Is normal, number one, normal is trusting Hollywood instead of trusting God. Most of what we believe about love, about romance, about, you know, finding the, ro- the one, the one, the one is from is from Hollywood. We don't, we're not looking to God, we're looking to Hollywood, okay? One of the greatest examples is this. I'm flying, Jack, I'm flying. I'm the king of the world. Oh, why don't you draw me, Jack, one of like one of your French girls? Like iceberg, right ahead. Don't ever let me go, Jack. Don't ever let me go. My heart will go scene. Thank you. Thank you. Guys, that's a movie. It's just a movie. Did you know that? There was enough room on the raft for the both of them, right? Come on. Why you got to do your boy Jack like that? That was just messed up. You know what's interesting is James Cameron wrote and directed that movie and uh, one of the most highest grossing films of all time. Now, uh, you know, I don't know James Cameron personally, but if you just do sort of like a real brief sort of Google search, here's what you'll know about James Cameron is he's been married five times and his personal life is, is a wreck. And we get our love advice from people who have no idea how to stay married. But we watch the movies and we're like, I'll never let you go, babe. 
would you, would you die on the raft for me if we were on a raft? Oh, my gosh. And Jack going down with his frozen hair. Not cool. Not cool. We get so much of what we believe about, about love, about sex, about marriage. We get it um, from Hollywood, which, frankly, Hollywood doesn't care about you. Hollywood doesn't love you. Hollywood wants your money. Guess who loves you and wants the best for you? Your, your father in heaven loves you. He wants the best for you. This passage in Romans is one of my favorite, and I'm just going to read it to you in, in this ver- cool version of the Bible called The Message. It's this transliteration, but it's really beautifully worded. But I love how Eugene Peterson writes this in Romans chapter 12, just, just the first two verses. He says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. And then listen, this is so good. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Then he goes on, he says this. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you. God wants the best for you. And when you look to him, he develops a well-formed maturity in you. In you. Normal is looking to all these places for our advice, for relationships, and we're looking at dry wells. The only place that we can look to, to a God to, to get the best advice for us for our relationships is a God who loves us and wants the best for us. Number two is this. Normal, normal in relationships is playing the wrong game with the wrong goal. Playing the wrong game with the wrong goal. I was, I was at Target not too long ago and I had an epiphany. I was walking through the toy section because that's where my kids make the beeline first, and so that's where we usually go first in, in Target, and right there is where all the board games are. And I was looking at the board games, and I was looking at them, and I was thinking, you know, a lot of relationships are just like, are just like these games that I'm seeing on the shelf, all right? So I'm going to take you back in time a little bit for a second, and for some of you, like, younger people, we're going to take you to church right now, all right? I'm taking you to church, um, because there, here's some relationships, and maybe your relationship looks like one of these. Um, maybe your relationship looks like Candyland. Maybe, uh, maybe on the outside, everything's like gumdrops and, and uh, the, you know, the uh, candy cane forest, and everything's great on the outside, and everybody that looks at your Instagram and your relationship, everything's great, but really, it's like uh, Lord Licorice at home. You know, remember Lord Licorice? Or everything's going, you know, you, on the outside, everything looks great, but then you just pull that plum and it takes you all the way back to the very beginning. That's the worst. A lot of relationships are just look so good on the outside, but on the inside, they're dead and nobody knows it and you don't want anybody to know. And so you just sort of like cover it over with more candy, more candy. What about, anybody remember this one? Remember Clue? Some relationships are a little bit like this where, you know, you just sort of uh, don't talk that much and hold... Just give just the information you need to give, and the communication is terrible, and you're just trying to sort of like read everybody's sort of, uh, you know, nobody's going to be honest and open about how they feel, so you just have to sort of like read between the lines, you know, and try to guess what the other person's thinking and doing. You're just kind of tiptoeing around each other. A lot of relationships are like that. You remember this one? 
some relationships feel like this. Where, where you don't know, because, because you don't know like who you are, and you don't know who you are, you certainly don't know this person that you're married to, and so you end up just becoming however you feel that day. And you wake up next to somebody and you don't know what kind of a person they're going to be that day. And they don't know what kind of person you're going to be that day. And so each day is just this constant guessing game of like, who are you and who am I? And it's just exhausting, exhausting. Some of, your, some of our marriages feel a little bit like this. <laughs> where you're just like at war all the time. <laughs> It's just brutal at your house. And then, and then uh, similarly, but a little bit different, some, some of your relationships are like, are like this bad boy. Um, the easiest game to cheat at ever, right? Um, but some of our relationships, it's this battle, but there's just, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of hidden agendas and things. Um, I guess some of us in our marriages and singles just feel like, feel like you're alone. It's just Uno. It's just you. It's just you. And you just feel like you're in it all by yourself. I need a volunteer for this, for this next, uh, can I get, who, who can I get? I need, yes, come on, come on up. I need you because we got to pull out, we got to pull out this bad boy right here. This one's important. Some of you know about this game. Um, you guys remember Jenga? I still have the commercial memorized for this game. Are you ready? It goes, you take a block from the bottom and you put it on top. You take a block from the middle and you put it on top and it weebles and it wobbles as you build it on up. It weebles and it wobbles, but you don't give up. Jenga from Irwin, great game with a strange name. <laughs> yep. I still got that memorized. A lot of relationships kind of feel like this, you know, where you're sort of like playing this game together. So here, I'll go. Um, Oh, look out, yeah. Um, yeah, be bold. Take it from the bottom. Ah, yeah. Oh, boy. You know, so each person, the, re- you know, the relationship we're sort of playing, but, uh, you know, we're playing in such a way where that we never get blamed for anything. And, uh, and we just sort of want to play the game so that hopefully the other person is the one that messes up so that we can point the finger. Huh? <laughs> Some of you are like, oh, dang, he just got too personal. Oh, man, that sounds like our relationship. Right, so you keep playing until somebody just like somebody does the thing, and then you get to act all self-righteous and point the finger. Should we just make this happen? No, let's not, because it'll just cause a big mess. Thank you for helping. All right, we'll be all right. We'll just leave that there. Um, part of the reason why we are so frustrated in our relationships is we're just playing the wrong games. We're playing the wrong games. I found the right game. Are you guys ready for the right game? This is the game we want to play. Where are my Lincoln Log people at? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Praise Jesus. Where's my Lincoln Log people at? You guys remember Lincoln Logs? Yeah. See, here's what's, uh, you know, when you, when you watch your kids play Lincoln Logs, I mean, it's kind of, sometimes they're off on their own, but you know, my favorite, my favorite as a dad, I love just walking into the bedroom and you see your kids and they're just like building stuff together, you know? And the thing about Lincoln Logs, it's like, it's not like a sexy game, you know? It's not like it doesn't have all these like bells and whistles. It's not like Mousetrap, you know? That was one of the best ones. Um, this is so much better because you're working together. It's piece by piece. You're building, you're building, you're building something together. This is the best kind of game to play. Can I tell you something? Here, look, if you're taking notes, just look up on the screen. Um, anybody can fall in love if they have a pulse. You guys know that? 
oh, we fell in love, oh, love. Hey, we're going to talk about this next week, okay? Next week, I'm going to just sort of talk about love and finding the one and just how, how, how God, like, created us with something in there like that, but we get it so wrong and we get it all messed up. But, you know, anybody can fall in love if you have a pulse. It's easy to fall in love, isn't it? It's easy to fall in love. Anybody can fall in love if they have a pulse. But if you want to have a durable and fruitful relationships that honor God and others, if you want to have, if you want to have this, if you want to have something that's built, that's solid and firm, that's built on love, but so much, so much more, then you got to have something else. Then you got to have a plan. You gotta have so much more than just a, an emotion of love. You gotta have a plan. You gotta have a plan. What's your plan? What's your plan for your marriage, marriage people? Single people, what's your plan for your singleness? What, or is it just kind of day by day? You're just in your marriage, is it just day by day? Or how am I feeling today? What's your plan? Listen, we have a God who loves us, who's given us, who's given us something so valuable and beautiful. In here, in God's word, he gives us, he gives us such good wisdom and insight on how to do this well, and how to do this well. And unfortunately, we push this off often because, oh, isn't that going to be, isn't that going to make us look a little weird? Isn't that going to make us look a little different than everybody else? And that's exactly the point. That's exactly the point. The last point this morning um, is this, is weird is harder, but it's better. Weird is harder, but it's better. It's better. God knows what's best for us. Um, I, I remember uh, I, was, I was doing a, a spin class at a gym one time. I used to do spin a lot at this gym, and we, there used to be this, like, uh, fishbowl sort of thing where everybody, all the spin class people were sort of there and in, inside the fishbowl and every people, everybody parking at the gym could just look into you during the spin class and everybody's on the bike. And I was really into it at the time. So I got the spandex, you know, I was like, and I had a headband and I had my water bottle and I was just like going after it and I was just sweating. And I remember one time I'm doing that and I look out the window there and, uh, and I see these, like, kids. They were probably in middle school or high school. And they were literally, like, standing right outside the glass looking in at us. And they were making fun of us. And one just looked right at me in the eyes, just right here. And he's, and, and I'm, you know, here I am just, like, working on the bike. And he looks at me and he's like. <laughs> and they're like, you know, like, ah. And at first, I'm like, at first I got all insecure. Like, oh, I look so weird. Oh. You know, for, and that lasted for about three seconds. And then after three seconds, you know, like, some, like something welled up in me, and I was like, wait a minute. It's like, first of all, I'm a grown man, all right? And there's like, they're middle schoolers. What do I care about what they think? And number two, the thing that sort of, I was like thinking, you know what? Here, I, like, they're out there all pudgy. Here I am, like, burning calories, and I'm, like, like getting in shape. And, like, what, I'm not the weird one. They're the weird one, you know? They're, I'm all getting all insecure, and they're looking at me, and I'm like, no, 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 no. No, weird is better because I'm getting abs right now, you know? <laughs> weird, is, weird is harder. It's easier to point and say, that's so weird. That's so weird is, weird is harder, but weird is better. So much better. And so for these next few weeks, we're going to look at what weird looks like in the scriptures. What, is, what does relationships look like? 
What, is, what kind of a weird life is God drawing us into in our marriages, in our singleness, as we, as we figure this out together? Um, he's with us, and he's got good stuff for us. Because weird is better. It's harder, but it's better. I hope you come back next week, and we're going to do this together.